Hello, hello, hello. Hi. <laughs> pleasure. What a pleasure to have you folks here. Wow. Welcome back. Welcome a true back. honor. And the uh I need a cheers from my sister from another mister. Let me let me go ahead and get this to the proper fill size. Refreshment if you can see my ice cubes I know. <laughs> She's the a wine citizen of society putting ice cubes in my red wine. Judge she- me. Clink. <laughs> anyways i hope you guys can still love annika knowing that she puts ice in her red wine now i hate me because he ate me i feel like that's an old lady thing when they decide they don't care anymore and they're gonna start putting ice in their wine yeah you know what i don't care anymore and then someone offered me i was at a wine bar actually so obviously it's a thing the lady asked me do you want uh chilled or room temperature and i said fuck me up give me some chilled (laughs) and I I put ice cubes in my wine and I will put my red wine in the fridge sometimes yeah I get what you mean by that because there is like I would rather have it a little bit chilled than a little bit warm you know so for example I usually don't do this at all but I came home today and my bottle of wine was sitting in my car so I put it in the fridge for like an hour and it gave it like this nice little crisp crisp note to it well and right now it's still warm well today it was just lightning and thundering outside but it was it's still warm out here so once it's like hitting like you know get a blanket and a warm glass of wine Ooh, not warm yeah. but room temperature in the in the a fall nice that's... piping hot glass of wine <laughs> piping hot I, sometimes i put it in the microwave i'm like ooh, toast that shit up. yeah yeah yeah. you put it on the stove <laughs> for a little bit and you're like you have the thermometer going to it like can't take it off the stove until it's a ripe 210 <laughs> yeah it's like right before it hits a boil ding, ding, ding. sickening although that is how you make mold wine and mold wine is delicious but delicious what is mold m-o-l-d m <laughs> Oh my god, no. It's M-U-L-L-E-D. I think it's two L's, but it's mold wine. Me? And it's like uh, it's like crock pot wine with like a bunch of spices. It's surprisingly yummy. I'll I'll make you try is it, it one day. Like a hot tea? It is similar tasting to like a hot like chai tea almost, but it just has a little kicker to it. Uh, okay. I'll make yeah, don't worry. <laughs> it'll the next time you see it, it'll come around when it's like middle of fall or early winter and you'll see it everywhere you'll be like yeah i heard about this i heard about it all right so how's your week been tell me all about it or your weekend i guess it's monday well i guess it's time for me to address the elephant in the room you didn't say what elephant what's the elephant what's the elephant okay i got a face tat well i got many little face tats they are my eyebrows. Oh, I was like looking around your hairline. I'm like, is it behind? And then I remembered. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I did see that. That is freaking amazing. I, know. I saw that. I was so jealous. You posted that and I go, oh my gosh. I Because you posted your girlfriend and I yes. like clicked on her, her Instagram and I was like, does she do tattoos or what? And then I like saw it and I was like, oh my gosh, she does eyebrows. I'm so jealous. Yeah. She's new to the game, but she did so much schooling and like ongoing education. She has like a supervisor that makes sure that she like, if she has any questions, she goes to them and they kind of like approve her plans for like eyebrowing, eyebrow, eyebrowing, uh, microblading and shading and all that stuff. And she is so fucking good. Like, obviously I trusted her enough to tattoo my face, but <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised to find that, you know, she was how like precise and everything she was. And so 
um, a little plug note. If you guys are looking for somebody to do your brows and you live in the Portland area or want to just make a trip for there, you can go find her at Rose on Instagram. And that's Rose. She's a fucking amazing. And she's what? a huge babe. She is. So what <laughs> made her just switch and start doing that? Um, that's a good question. We're going to have to have her on as a guest one time so that we can kind of pick her brain and see Cause she did do a career change pretty late into the game where I love that. Yeah. It's not that like microblading. I know microblading has been around in the U S for a while now. And she kind of decided to do it a little bit later on, I'd say, but it's really, I love when people have no fear to like dive into a new career oh, yeah. choice. Like fuck it. I'm not happy with doing what I'm doing or I'm not happy enough doing what I'm doing. So I'm going to change the fucking control quit the narrative. Job. <laughs> like, quit your job. Quit that damn job. They don't need you. <laughs> you are replaceable. As we will keep saying over and over again, if you're not happy, do something to make yourself happy. We're here to be incredibly honest with you. Like today we were like, okay, well, you know, Monday, Sunday, Mondays is the days that we record and we're like, okay, like we have to get there and then we both had a long day today. And it's just like, when you deal with a office job and your people like Nicole and I just very outgoing, like can't keep us in a box, you Hell just no. get so overstimulated at work. And then you just get off and you just feel like a Drained. zombie. Like you get off and you're just like, when you have like, I deal with obviously ADHD and when you deal with that and you are forced to put your attention onto something that you're not like truly passionate about or something you're just like, this is my favorite thing in the world. Like it actually drains your entire, like everything, emotions, brain. Like I was doing this task today at work and it took me probably like five hours. It was just a long task. And I just was sitting there and I was just like, I have no interest in this. And it was just like driving me nuts. And I couldn't <laughs> figure out and my, my girlfriend Tatum, shout out Tatum, love her coworker. Love she, you Tatum. You're my <laughs> She's like, it's really not that hard. And I'm like, I know, but I just don't like, I don't like have. That's just, the my- hardest part is that the tasks aren't hard. They're so fucking easy. Like any, like any fourth grader could probably do it if you sat them down and gave them instructions to do it. But the thing is that <laughs> It's just like my brain doesn't want to. It takes more of our energy to do mundane, repetitive tasks than it does to do a brand new, exciting project. I kept telling myself, I kept looking like, okay, Annika, you can do this. You can do this. You can do this. Like, don't pick up your phone. You can finish this. <laughs> the faster you just pay attention, the faster you're going to get it done. And I Giving just, yourself like, self-talks. Yeah. And then I saw myself, found myself on TikTok. And then I was just like, you know, playing with my nails. And I'm just like, fuck. Like, I just literally was like, I have to get this done. And then I like turn into robot mode. I was like, I am not leaving this computer until yeah. I get this done. And it's just, it's hard. I like, it's so hard for me to just focus on something. I'm like, totally. it gets mad at my brain sometimes. Like, you know, there's nothing you can do to fix it. Don't get mad at your brain. That's <laughs> negative self-talk. I went in like my first therapy session with my new therapist. I was like, yeah, I was such a fucking idiot. And I did this and this and this. And she's like, Calling yourself an idiot isn't very nice. <laughs> it's funny. Like, I've, when everyone says something mean, I say, say something nice about yourself. Yeah, literally. I've actually been uh, flipping the script on my friends lately whenever they're texting me and, you know, they have like a weekend out. They spend too much money. They drink too much. And then they text me and they're like, man, I'm so mad at myself. God, I shouldn't have done that. I'm such an idiot. And I was like, hey, my therapist says you're not supposed to talk to yourself like that. And then additionally, I asked them, 
if I came to you and I told you I had a weekend out and drank too much and spent too much, would you be this harsh on me? And they're always like, no. And that's when I go, well, then you shouldn't be that harsh on yourself. Boom. Boom. Little educational bomb for you. I love that though. Cause it's seriously, and I, yeah. and I need to take my own advice more than I actually do. Yeah. Preach so, this. <laughs> Cause I give advice to people. I'm like, just be nice to yourself. I'm like, you're a beautiful human being. And then I'm like, yeah, I, tell myself that. Yeah, <laughs> I saw your face. <laughs> okay. Anyways, <laughs> but it is hard. So basically moral of the story is you're not alone when you feel overstimulated and feel like a dead man walking Mm -hmm. when you leave work, it's just hard. And when you're not fully in love with what you do, it's just for people with ADD, ADHD brains or someone that is just like hyperactive. It's just quit your job, quit it, (laughs) quit it. As we say, as we continue to get ready for our nine to five tomorrow morning. (laughs) I know as we keep going and keep going. Literally. Hey man, Um, we're trying, we're trying to make a living here. Yeah, it was, it was pretty wild when I went to Portland this weekend to get my eyebrows done by Allie. I went and met up with my friend Mindy and it was at her house and she has this brand new puppy that was the most adorable little golden golden Irish mix something like that um his name's Blue and he's the cutest little bugger he just like sleeps if you hold him up he just melts into your arm but anyway bugger like he's a real bugger 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 (laughs) he's a bug he's a bugger little bugger (laughs) uh we were sitting there and you know we were just chit-chatting we were talking about about like to leave and then it was nighttime, so we got on the topic of safety and the stories of sex traffickers in Portland alone is oh. enough to scare me to my fucking core. Yes, yes, yes. I want to talk about this subject. Tell me, <laughs> and I will tell you what I've been saying. Okay, right so now. this is what I learned from being in Portland this weekend. Um, well, first of all, my friend Allie, she got an air tag placed into her purse one time. She was just sitting there like <gasps> a taco truck waiting for tacos. This short man that she obviously doesn't know so I kept coming up to her and just like getting too close and being weird and being like oh like are you a basketball player you look like you'd be about and she's like no like I'm not can you go now please and you know I think we all get to the point where we're done being polite to these fucking creepers and we're just like blunt to the point like get the fuck out my face bro mm-hmm. and so that's kind of how she was being and she gets you know she's on her way home gets the alert an air tag has been found following you. Checks her purse. There's one in her fucking purse. She stopped her car and like stomped on it and then just like uh, kept driving. But it's super sketch. So be aware of those goddamn pesky air tags that we don't even need in the first place. Because guess what? Our our luggage isn't running away. And if we and if it does, we know exactly where it is. It's in the oh, airport. Literally. Oh, what my so sex trafficking right now is at like an all time high, especially like I mean in Portland they deal with it a lot phoenix right now the whole area like i uh, luckily have not had any issue i am very like hyper aware and i've been this way forever i yes used to like call my old roommate i called her like leaving like the gas station like somebody's following me like i'm pretty hyper aware (laughs) of like things that go on but i like sometimes too much but you know you never can be too careful yeah but on tiktok i've been seeing these like i just heard the story of this girl she was literally leaving like scottsdale like in the middle of the day having lunch with a friend and this girl comes and they use women, young women. Yes. I was going to get to this lure part you too. in. Yeah. And uh-huh. they, she comes running up to this girl 
and she was like she carried and she like luckily like had a weapon on her and she was like I she, this young girl was like hey like what are you doing what are you doing like come to this party with us you'll be totally safe first of all if you have to say that it's red flag and the red girl was flag like, so the girl was just like I know what you're doing like you are a sex trafficker and starts screaming out in the middle of the street sex trafficker sex trafficker sex trafficker <laughs> don't touch me <laughs> I would that would be me I just started screaming and so she started screaming and then they tried to like de-escalate it and she was like I'm calling the cops and then they just ran off so like oh, fuck like come with me and my boyfriend everybody's in the car already literally so that's another thing that happened to another girlfriend of mine in Portland was they were out and uh, they're at some like late night thrift store, super Portlandy of them. And, oh, <laughs> and there's this girl that kept like shopping pretty close to her and it was still like early pandemic. And so she was a little bit alarmed by this, just kind of like, mm, that's not normal. And then the girl kept like getting closer and being like, oh, like, this is so cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking to her and be like, oh, do you want to like FaceTime me and my boyfriend later? Like it always has to do with like FaceTime or like something weird or like they'll be telling you that they have a job offer and you want to like FaceTime me and my boyfriend, like something like that. And I don't remember exactly what happened, but essentially she like got on this FaceTime with this person with her boyfriend just being like let's check this out and see what the fuck it's all about and then when the when the younger girl showed the guy it was like this exactly what you would imagine like this overweight crusty like looks like he just got done downing like four bags of McDonald's like has been sitting at his computer screen for three days straight and like sipping his Mountain Dew and Red Bulls and you know Ew. what I'm talking about just like this crusty crusty yes. goat, like dude Ew, yeah. he's like balding and it hasn't brushed his teeth in too long <laughs> I don't know how much more descriptive I can get <laughs> <laughs> I love that right there, ding, 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 right ding, there. Ding. the red flag uh and then it just got fucking weird and then they knew exactly what was going on they were trying to like get information out of them that they could use to potentially sex traffic the young girl yes it's and, so scary yeah I can't believe well I can't believe because these girls they're like why would these girls be doing this you know like they understand what it's done to them they're all hyped up on fucking drugs they've been injected with a bunch of heroin I'm hopped like up and, on Mountain Dew. I'm hopped up on Mountain Dew <laughs> <laughs> seriously they are they're like literally like they come up to you these young women so had your kids had your wives they after you yeah naturally after this conversation about all the like sex trafficking in portland the whole entire rest of my trip there i kept like looking over my shoulder like head on a like, I'm like someone's trying to sex traffic me and then okay i will include one more little factoid my friend told me that also at rest stops like along i-5 and stuff um they've been drugging like the toilet seats like putting like liquid onto the toilet seat that will seep into your skin and drug you and so you might get like into your car and maybe drive like a couple feet and then be like whoa I don't feel good and then you stop your car and then boom you're sex trafficked. are you lying I'm not lying where was that um along like rest stops on i5 that is the worst thing I've ever heard yeah that is so, so sc- I we're not safe anywhere yes. it's a war against women we're fucked what the fuck is going on in this <laughs> world I just don't understand I literally am just scared of everybody. Mm-hmm. I won't. I won't answer the door. Like if I'm here, I don't answer the door. It's like I'm four again. No, I wasn't yeah. answering the door when I was four. That's a lie. But it's like I'm like in elementary school again when I'm just yeah, like, like the door rings and I like even. instead of like 
yeah food too I'm just like I'm like psychopath doesn't just leave it at the door literally I I shut all the blinds and I like hide behind when I see him coming close (laughs) and they're like sometimes people are like sometimes you're too late to close the blinds and all they get to see is that other perspective where they're on the like the outside of the blinds and they just see the blinds (laughs) see your eyeballs and then your blinds just shut so fast (laughs) picturing exactly what you're talking about just just drop you didn't see me oh god literally uh i think long story short be careful motherfuckers it's a crazy wild wild world Mm -hmm. literally it's wild to trust no one also another thing i've heard is they can tag your car and they will put a zip tie on your car handle there was a girl that left like a bar and she went out and there was a bunch of neon zip ties on all these cars and they marked all these girls cars yeah so keep that in mind too be careful at the grocery store so that if you see one wait so tell me how they catch the suspect like not the suspect being the predator the predator yeah that's the right word the subject being the predator <laughs> I just said maybe predator they sit so many in, times. Like, in a car and then as they see you drive off yeah they, like, maybe zoom and they like follow you they follow you and then if you get away and they find you again they know it's you based on the zip tie yeah, I don't know. It's just fucking scary. I'm sure I, there's a reason for it that yeah. I don't need to know the the reasoning to know to stay away from the fucking zip ties. Yeah, <laughs> I'll do whatever so this, I gotta do, yeah, man. This girl was like, my mom's like Lashley, and she was like, yeah, like this happened to me. I went out and I noticed it, and she went right back into the bar and was like, hey, like this is not okay. And then they ended up calling the cops, and obviously, but I've heard that they do that. That is scaring me to my core. Well, that was scary. <laughs> it was like they were listening to us. For those of you that don't know, we just <laughs> we just got disconnected because we had poor signal. I think that was my bad. It's never happened to us before. It's never we're happened. We're talking to us about before. these sex traffickers, and they're gonna come find us. <laughs> they were gonna come find us. I mean, that should have been what crossed my mind, but instead, I was worried that we were gonna have to start over. And I was like, "Oh no, I've heard of this happening before." When I first started listening to uh, Call and Her Daddy, Call Her Daddy. Anyways, they started out the episode with like guys. The worst thing in the world just happened. We just got done recording like a two-hour episode and we forgot to press record. <laughs> so we're doing it all over again. <laughs> that would be a nightmare. Can I would be like, I would be like, all right, we're wrap it up tomorrow. I would have felt defeated. I'd be like, I would have done it tomorrow. I would have yeah. been like, fuck no. <laughs> I'm like, you have my attention for this amount of time yeah like, I get about an hour a night and I I feel blessed for that but I don't think I get yeah that was pretty scary I'm really glad that didn't happen um we are all good we're good we're good <laughs> we're back. Oh, okay gosh. there's something I've been wanting to talk about and tell people because I've had a couple of people ask me how on how we know each other where we come from all the good yin yang (laughs) yeah we dated actually we were lesbian lovers at one point some people (laughs) might have thought so (laughs) yeah so throwback to so nicole is like two year two three years older than me like grades i was born 93 and you were born what year 96 so three years older than me um and so we became friends almost instantly and I was in the dorms and then 
lovely lady decided to go move up with my parents. She lived with my parents for a little while. Well, that doesn't include how, like, I know you. Pretty much your brother lived at this house called the Henry House, and that's where we would all party. And so one time he finally let you come to one of the parties that we would throw there. (laughs) And And so we linked up, like, right away. And, like, you were all like, oh, this is your sister. We, like, met each other and instantly, like. Just fell in love, you and I. Yeah, drawn (laughs) at the hip and we were like, okay, we're friends. Yeah, we just vibed the same. That's for damn sure. And so we started hanging out and we would, uh, we would mostly party to start. That's usually how a college friendship happens. And then it got more below the surface level where we'd actually like hang out sober (laughs) that's the next step to forming a friendship and then from there we became roommates because we became roommates well we weren't even roommates at first right I needed to move to Portland for something and and I lived in Portland because I moved home after like for it was summertime break so I went home Nicole still lived in Ashland and so I went home to Portland and I was living up there and I was like, I really want to come down because I had an ex-boyfriend at the time that lived down there and I was traveling down there so much. And I was like, I need to quit my tanning, tanning salon job. Even I here. thought it was going to be my career. <laughs> so I quit my job there and got a job down at Dutch Bros uh, in Ashland. I was a Dutch hoe. <laughs> and Nicole was like, great, because she kind of dated this boy up in Oregon. So we kind of like swapped lives Portland Oregon we swapped lives she went and lived with my parents and I went and lived in her room yeah and so she's like let's just like switch so I went and lived in her bedroom know what story I love though that's a sub story from this you were living in my bedroom so we completely just swapped everything like she had half my closet I had half her closet she had my bed I had her bed and then she was sleeping in my bed night after night and she's like why is this so fucking uncomfortable and keep in mind (laughs) I I had been sleeping in it for like a year by this point and thinking nothing of it thinking nothing of it and then finally her and her mom uh Donna mama Donna she's in town and they're like let's figure out why this bed is so uncomfortable and so you guys take off the sheets and then you realize the box spring is upside down so there's like these holes on both sides where this like box frame is sitting and there's nothing supporting her on either side of you know there's like on the actual bed (laughs) one post on the left one in the center one on the right and so anytime she was not directly in the center of the bed she was sinking in so far (laughs) it's just so funny yeah yeah and she's like so did you know you had your box sprung upside down for quite some time like (laughs) oh I thought it was just broken (laughs) I love that. And this was this was also the smallest room that you would ever imagine. Like it was like a full-size bed and there was like maybe like three feet of room and that was it. Like this was a tiny little room. And so we switch and then all of a sudden Nicole moves back down to Ashland. She's like, I'm coming back down. I was like, great. So for a while we shared this little room and like sometimes we'd share the bed together if you know we're like okay let's just sleep together or one of us would sleep on the couch if someone came in later kind of like you knew you were on the same vibe like someone was already asleep okay the other person sleep yeah. on the couch or like one person so we just kind of were on the same like wavelength or we right. bed. 
because by this point in time it was kind of your room even though it was all my stuff but I felt like I was like reintruding into your life a little <laughs> bit and so we were like hmm how can we make this work and I think more often than not we just slept in the same bed we didn't really talk about it we were just like yeah. <laughs> Cool. We never had a we conversation. Made it work. Yeah. yeah, we made it None work. Of us, neither of us cared. You spent the night at your now ex-boyfriend's house, like, kind of often. And then I was, like, you know, it was college, so I was hooking up with some dude that I was always sleeping the night at. And yeah, not, we not just some dude. It was all. the same yeah. dude. It's not that I was always <laughs> sleeping with different dudes. <laughs> and then we finally, after a while, convinced our roommate. She was so sweet. She traded us because she had a huge room. And she goes, it makes more sense for you guys to live in this room. So we moved into a room. And we were able to fit two full-size beds and we had room and we loved it. And we, and we I say to this room. day, like something about Nicole and I, like we never fought, like we just, we literally worked so well together. A lot of people are like, I would never live in the same room voluntarily yeah. with someone. And I'm like, we just like made it work. We both had like our completely like different lives, but still had like lives together. It was, yeah. it just it's, worked so well. And ever since then we've been there. I mean, the rest is history. We've been it's a beautiful love story. Just it's beautiful. a beautiful day. Yeah, I know. I think a lot of people when they're in that close of quarters, like it was essentially like a dorm room and everyone, I mean, most yeah. of our, our, most of our listeners have probably been in a dorm room before. And so, yeah, we literally just had the, our beds on the opposite sides of the room and then like a little strip in between us a landing strip shall I call it <laughs> literally in a blue fuzzy carpet and yeah <laughs> it was tight and we had a tv we'd watch movies together and they were like they weren't twin size beds they were full beds so we yeah. literally were like I like honestly the closet and we did it really well you would take your your weed gummies and I would we got those chocolates and we'd eat those and I would just smoke a bong and the we'd just whole like, sit time. there we watched. Sorry, right. we're just talking over each other. The whole time I would be there, like I never told you this, but the whole time I'd be there, like high, I would always think it was such a good idea. And then I'd like eat my little gum, like my weed chocolates, and I'd sit there and I'm just like, she's judging me so much. She thinks I'm a fucking idiot. I shouldn't have gotten high. She's going to tell everyone about this. She's going to just tell everyone how stupid I am. <laughs> That's the only thing I was thinking. Thing I well, you weren't fun. much of like a, a, a pot and taker because you didn't smoke. But no. Like- you didn't oh, really do the do the weed i didn't do drugs <laughs> oh we, we would turn on like animal planet to fall asleep too it was a beautiful time it was and then we would just wake up and each other would be there like no complaints i loved that house that we lived I know. on iowa street oh, i loved it we lived in this house and we there was a bunch of us girls and the layout of the house was like amazing because like all the rooms were on one side and you could like shut the doors and then you like it was a great party house because you just shut the doors to like great party house yeah there was a bathroom that people could use in the kitchen like a half bath and then like you could shut off and like the you shut off the the room so you could throw parties and no one would go in your bedrooms and everything was it was actually like a huge house like everything was so open it was yeah. an older house though like everything was super it old, was crickety but it was, was creaky yeah. and crickety there was a time where I was the only single one at that house and so I would just be sleeping there alone every night and it was super sketch do you remember yeah. the time where I had to call the cops yes wait <gasps> tell the story tell the story oh my god I was finally for the first time in my life being a good student and so I was it was uh dead week the week before finals week and so the only activities everyone was doing is like going to the library coming home going to sleep going to the library coming home going to sleep and so I 
my little studio self probably took an Adderall. That's why I stayed here this stayed at the library this long. But I was at the library until like eleven o'clock, and then the I was library like, was open twenty four seven. I remember during yeah, yeah. during that week. Mm-hmm. And so I was at the library until like eleven o'clock. Went home. I was the only one home. I was like, ah, oh, typical. This is just kind of how it is these days. And so I start like getting ready to go to bed. I was about to take a shower, so I like go into the bathroom, turn on the shower, and then I start. As soon as I walked into the house, I locked the door behind me because even though I'm like used to it, we always locked the door. Yeah. Yeah, Like it's usually open throughout the day because we had so many people going in and out, whether it was us or our friends or our friends. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We had four girls living there. So just imagine the foot traffic. Uh, So, anyways. Five girls. You're right. Because we (laughs) we had four bedrooms. We had five girls there. Yeah. And so I was walking around and I was getting ready to take my like nighttime shower. And so I turn on the shower. I like start walking around and I was like, ah, since I'm about to shower, I'm just going to make sure all the doors are locked. And so I like go around, make sure all the doors are locked, which they were. And then I go into my bedroom and I start <clears throat> undressing for that hot, steamy shower. <laughs> and then I hear the front door slam. And I was just like, and I, re- I could, I literally remember that sound to the T of the literally, yes. Terrifying. <laughs> it's like, is it rattled? Like an old I, door. Yes. The window panels would rattle. Window as you panels would rattle. And so I was sitting there or standing there and I was just like, I hear the door close, which wasn't irregular. Like for all I knew, one of my roommates was coming home after being at the library as well. And so. So doors were locked. I was sure the doors were locked. Yes. And so I hear the door slam, but followed by no footsteps. And like we said, it's an old house and usually it's very crickety, 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 crickety. Oh my God. My legs falling asleep, but, um, it's very crickety. <laughs> so <laughs> what she said, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you could hear if someone started to walk like down the hallway or into the living room, you'll hear it based on the creaks. And uh, I heard nothing. So I was like, kind of stop what I'm doing. And I'm like, hello, nothing. I'm like, hello, nothing. And so I started getting freaked the fuck out. And my phone's in the bathroom. I'm down the hall in my bedroom. So I was just about to go into the bathroom to shower. And I was like, oh, fuck off, fuck off, fuck off, fuck off. <laughs> I was just like, oh no, oh no, oh no. Where's my yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I literally like, I start like yelling like mean people things where I'm just trying to sound tough and I'm just really scared out of my fucking shorts. And so I- I run. have a weapon. <laughs> I have a we- I was, I think I said something it's along a hair like, yeah, right. I think I yelled like, get the fuck out or like something like that, trying to sound like scary, even though I was like, I was almost naked, had nothing, not even my phone. I was like, and so I run to the bathroom. That's kind of halfway in between the front door and my bedroom. I run to the bathroom, shut it, lock it, you know, just trapping myself ready for doom. And then I still don't hear anything. And I'm just like, kind of still being like, get the fuck out just in case somebody is there you know it's almost like when you when there's a bear nearby and you're like go away big mean bear go away and like even if he's starting to walk away you're still like go away big bear <laughs> and so I'm stay like, away yeah so I'm kind of doing that and then I didn't call 911 but I called Ashlyn PD and I was like um I think someone's in my house I'm really fucking freaked out I'm home alone here's my address and they like had me see on the phone and then finally I hear uh Ashlyn PD knock on the door and I know it's them 
wall I had trust in the fact that it was them because I go Ashlyn PD like they like opened the door like didn't come in but they're like Ashlyn PD and then I was like oh thank god like thank it was you guys this the front coming. door or the the carport this was the carport door okay because there yeah. was two doors we never use the front door never use the front door we but yeah we always use the carport door and so at the carport he like pokes his head and I'm like and I finally like open the bathroom door I'm like oh thank you for coming and then he starts like being like yeah so what's going on I start telling him that same story and then I stop and I'm like wait was the door open is that how you were able to open it and like talk in here and he was like yeah it was open and I was like or he said it was unlocked it wasn't open and I was like Okay, well, I had just gone around and made sure all the doors were locked. So that's how I know that the person inside the house was in the house when I got home. Everybody's screaming right now. Everyone. Yeah, they turn into like that SpongeBob where he gets all squiggly and he's like, That is so (laughs) creepy. It was the scariest shit of my life. And then a couple of weeks later, there was a Were theft. you, like, not talking, like, before you went and checked everything? Like, were you quiet? Like, no, I was quiet because I was by myself. Like, who was I going to be talking to? The ghosts? Ooh, where do you think they were in the bathroom? I think they were in the kitchen bathroom. 100%. And you checked, like, even the laundry, like, the back door? I locked that door. Uh-huh. I locked that door. And then I, I noticed the kitchen bathroom door was cracked. But I didn't look in because it was dark and I was scared. So I didn't even poke my head in there. I was like, just kind of, you know, when you're scared of you're something. You're giving I know, right? You know, when you're Ooh. scared of something and you're like, nope, you're just overreacting. You're overthinking it. Like, there's nobody in there. Like, you kind of like tell yourself that to like as a comfort thing. You're, we're getting the spookies tonight. And I'm <laughs> yeah. starting to like get eerie. I'm like, we're talking about a lot of scary things. I'm so, I know, right? We're like, you're going to get <laughs> like, sex traffic. Someone's going to break into your home. And then you're not going to know they're there, but they're actually on the inside. Bathroom. Yeah. And you're going to be getting ready to take a shower. And then all of a sudden they're going to sprint through your front door and leave you shitting your pants. But anyway, so that was how me and Nicole met and lived together. Oh my God. That's what we were talking about. <laughs> I had no idea. Anyway, so we've been best friends ever since. <laughs> we survived to tell the tale. No, but that is, I... I like remember that story, but gosh, Ashlyn was a blur to me. I mean, yeah, I didn't. A lot of weed smoking, lots of alcohol, <laughs> lots of everything. I just like I worked at Dutch Bros like the whole time I lived with you, so I just remember like my my clothes just smelled like like burnt coffee all the time because and I would have to get up at like four a.m. and I'd have to get and also like Ashlyn, crazy early. Ashland is a town like everybody kind of knows everybody but there's lots of homeless people but like they choose to be homeless it's like it's kind of hard to explain you would know it if you oh my god ashland has the kind of homeless people where they're like begging for money begging for money you get out of a fancy restaurant offer them half your burger and they go i'm vegan yeah literally (laughs) and like they like choose to be homeless they're like they go to ashland to be homeless and like so some of them are like kind of nice but some of them are kind of assholes like I'm too good for you because I'm homeless kind of yeah you're just you're a cog you're a cog yeah like how dare you think that I need your money I'm homeless (laughs) sorry but uh so I had to leave to work at like 4 a.m a lot of the time not even like even earlier than that and I would have to like go out and it was like pitch black and you 
You remember scary. my old little black car? I drove this little stick shift. What did you call it? It was like a little go-kart or something? Yes, yeah, so it was like a go-kart, a little bug. Like it literally looked like a, a beetle. Like Yeah, it was a, but like not a, a Volkswagen beetle. No, it was a Ford Focus and it was had two doors and it was a hatchback. And it actually was kind of like dope. Like I zipped around, it was a stick shift and I zipped around in that thing. I was going to use that adjective. I was going to say it was very zippy. Yeah. Like you could zip on around everywhere. And (laughs) so I always had to leave so early in the morning and and it was always like freezing cold. Yeah. It was miserable. I always like would wake up and pretty early too, because I'm an early riser. I would wake up at 6am and you'd be long gone. Yeah. Oh yeah. Throwback to working at a fucking coffee shop. Yeah. Right. Do not miss. Yeah, you, I mean, you worked at kind of a coffee shop. In a, well, a I worked at the rice. coffee shop, yes, inside of a pub. Yeah. She goes, I love coffee, but I also love beer. Yeah, literally, it was like my calling. Half of it was a pub and half of it was coffee. Uh, Yeah, it was very. Though. I have a question for you because now baby? we're talking about being in Ashland and you know, Take I know you to deal dinner. with anxiety, depression, you know, like we all do because it's a mm-hmm. cold, cold world. So living in a small town, knowing everybody and oh every move, God. living there for so long, how did that treat you and your emotions, your anxiety, everything? First of all, I love that you asked me this. This really hits home for me. Um, so I didn't really notice it when I lived in a small town, but once I got out, once I got out, once I broke free, um, I noticed how much more of like a freeing, like freedom that I felt freeing freedom. Yeah. I'm, I'm a genius with words, but (laughs) kind of like, I just didn't feel so constrained. And what I mean by that is when I would live in Ashland and let's just say I wanted to post like something silly or goofy, like on, on social media, like something that might be a little embarrassing, but at the same time, like might be funny. I don't know. You know, that's just kind of the gamble that you take. And when I would live in Ashland, I would just have this like feeling, even if it wasn't true, because it was such a small town that I would then go to like, go get gas or I would then go to the grocery store. And this is pretty uh, common in a small town. You run into at least two people, you know, when you're getting groceries and I'm just like, oh, oh yeah. what if they saw it? What if they're going to be like, oh, this is on the thing that you posted. Like, I don't know. It's just something about that to make you really confront like something you did, like I mean, maybe it's accountability, but also at the same time, maybe it's just not wanting the immediate repercussion of somebody poking, somebody judging or like poking at you for something that you created, even if it was kind of stupid, but kind of funny, they you have know, nothing better to do because they have nothing better to do. And they're like, yeah. oh, why'd you post that? Like, that's how I felt. Might yeah. not be true. I could have just been projecting. That's just how I felt everyone was going to be when I would post stuff. So I just like hesitated and I would probably save it as a draft look at it the next day. You know, it's like we said in a couple episodes ago, there's the three day rule where first day you're like, yes, this is it. This is perfect. Second day. What the fuck did I just create? Third day at peace or proud with, with the thing that you created. Uh, but usually I would only get to day two and then I'd run into people I knew and I'd be like, Oh, if I post this, they're going to see it. And then I have to see them the next day. And I don't know, I'm just not going to post it. And so now that I kind of have that freedom of not living in a small town and being able to to post things publicly and kind of pick and choose the repercussions that I want to get. So for example, I can post it and go out and about in my bigger town of Eugene and I don't know anybody and no one's going to say anything about it. And then if someone does want to message me about it on Instagram or something, like I get to pick and choose which one of those I like look at. And I'm not saying that 
I'm only looking at the positives and not the negatives. Cause I see the negatives too, actually. It's pretty funny. The negative things I've been getting on TikTok and that's another story, but it's just a different feeling of exposure to be able to post something when you don't have to risk running into the people that follow you yeah, <laughs> every no. day. I agree with that. Cause it's like you make in your, your true, truest goofy self, which is like, it's fun. It's like happy go lucky. And you know what? The internet these days is fucking ruthless. Everybody just like they hide behind screens and they have nothing. They, every time that someone says something, it reflects off something that they are like, not okay with, with themselves. Literally. Oh, they're projecting like you're too goofy or you're just like, Oh, it's like, Oh no, because they don't feel comfortable comfortable enough to be goofy and have fun and they want to it's like 100 percent. we project that on other people yeah it's just stupid i don't know i just okay i love that you said this why why do people comment that it's just like what oh my god what do you gain from that okay i don't know what's a better segue this into the book i've been reading the past week or this into the comments that i got on tiktok which one do you want to hear first tiktok TikTok comments. Okay. So I posted a video of me just receiving a DoorDash order because I thought the interaction was going to be funny. And my hungover brain was like, potato, tomato, I don't know what's happening. And I'm just going to record this (laughs) just because I don't know what's going to happen. And so I did that and I did think it was funny. And so I posted it on TikTok, went to sleep because I was hungover, of course, and woke up from my nap to the following comments. For reference, the caption on it says, received roughly zero percent sympathy from my dasher in portland oregon this morning smh with like a side eye emoji like totally kidding making fun of myself for being a hungover piece of shit of course i wasn't gonna get sympathy the comments i got bro i woke up from a nap oh especially because you're in portland because everyone gets butt hurt in portland, so. <laughs> they're like okay this one person who later deleted their own comments maybe because he's being forced to be responsible for feeding an alcoholic's addiction question mark uh, being it ain't, forced that's his fucking job <laughs> it ain't his job to be your friend comments again you'll look back on this video when you get sober and be embarrassed hope you get better <laughs> i have so many comments first of all <laughs> he chose that job second also, of all get fucking kick rocks you hey, dickhead get fucked bro <laughs> that's what i gotta say to you oh yeah and then the next he's comment. a sad sorry piece of shit he sure is next <laughs> comment you want sympathy for being an alcoholic <laughs> 10 people liked it next comment what did he do wrong my man's got your id dropped off your morning liquor and left three likes on that one next comment what did you want okay that do? one's kind of like decent it's like what yeah. did he do wrong come no, on give me a- i feel you then i did end up responding to these and clearing the air i but love when you respond to comments i had a great time oh i'll tell you the responses after uh <laughs> so then the last comment was what did you want me to do dance for you show you a magic trick <laughs> no you're like uh yeah i did isn't that what you're supposed to do when they drop the shit off it literally okay do you want to hear my responses now yeah i do i love it. i have I a love really fun time responding to <laughs> the haters <laughs> Okay, so the guy with the original comment deleted it, so I didn't respond to him. I was like, okay, you probably just realized that you commented on the stranger's shit with so much judgment. Um, So the person that said you want sympathy for being an alcoholic, I said, 
yes please he didn't even know my tummy hurts <laughs> that was good good <laughs> and then the one that was like what did he do wrong eh. I said he was perfect this was a joke making fun of myself for being a hungover piece of shit and then the last person what did you want him to do dance for you show him a magic trick I said I mean no but now that you mention it that would have been kind of cool <laughs> seriously though I'm like yeah of course I wanted him to do that literally don't you want everyone to do that for you I know right like I mean I wouldn't complain if that happened I'd be like sick bro this would be a whole different kind of post okay let's hear about your book okay moving on so the the perfect segue that you prevented for me or prevented the provided. perfect segue the perfect segue that you provided for me didn't prevent it provided <laughs> the opposite of prevent it in fact you provided it uh so I started reading uh, what people would call a self-help book and it's called the mountain is you you might have heard of it it's by Brianna Weist and it is a book that I found because I was trying to look up the three attachment theories which is secure anxious and avoidant we'll go into that another day because I am not finding that from this book, but I thought it was going to tell me all about the attachment <laughs> theories, but it didn't, but it still fed me some really interesting information. So the title is called the mountain is you and the mountain quote unquote is the block between you and the life you want to live. And to remove the mountain, you must release your old self into the fire of your vision and be willing to think in a way you've never even tried before. <sighs> First of all, mind blowing right off the bat. I'm just like, okay, this is kind of seeming culty, but like, I'm still kind of into it. <laughs> we love the cult vibes. We love them. Forget the life you once knew. Follow me into a new righteous path. <laughs> so it goes into when you, it kind of like reasons with you. And it's like, how many times have you gone, ah, I'm my own worst enemy? Or like, ah, I just downward, spir downward spiraled and did X, Y, and then Z. And that is, self-sabotage self-sabotage is the presence of an unconscious need that is being fulfilled by you by your self-sabotaging behavior it is also just a coping mechanism as a result from long-held fears we have about the world exactly. and so what the book tries to tell you to do is to challenge these pre-existing ideas um, and to overcome self-sabotage you must go through a process one pinpoint the traumatic event two release unprocessed emotions three find healthier ways to meet your needs four, reinvent our self-image, five, develop principles such as emotional intelligence and resilience. Going into resilience. <laughs> I told Annika, I was like- Resilience. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I was like, the book I read, I was like, it's either going to be like a five-minute segment or like a 10-minute segment based on no, how, I'm like, loving it. how involved you are. <laughs> I was sort of putting your involvement into this. As you know, I'm also like my attention spans, like Yeah. I think it, I hear keywords. I put keywords together. Dude, that's literally how I am when I'm reading these books. Because when I read these books and me telling you guys what's in the book, I hope you know that there's still so well, of course you fucking know this because you're not an idiot, but there's so <laughs> much more to the book than than what I'm telling you. These are just kind of the pinpoints. And if you actually like- I want to hear more about it. Yeah. If, if you're you actually, not all the way done, right? No, I'm not. If you actually relate to some of this, you should definitely go in and read and get some further uh, examples. And what was it called? Detail. It's called The Mountain Is You by Brianna Weist. 
Um, wish I was a reader, but guys, I can't relate. I will never be a reader. No, it's okay. Maybe on tape. I love listening to podcasts and that's why right. we're here today with you. Welcome to our, <laughs> our lair. This is pretty much our own book. <laughs> yeah, no, no reading for me. Yeah. If you send me, I'm like at work, send me an email longer than like three lines. Absolutely. Fucking not reading not. it. I'm reading it. <laughs> You're like, I'll try to hire Take someone rocks, to read it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Diving back in. So self-sabotage is resisting things that feel unfamiliar or uncomfortable, even if it's better for us. And the biggest reason people avoid doing important internal work is because they realize if they heal themselves, their life will change, sometimes drastically. And so we think self-sabotage is intentionally a way of hurting ourselves, but it's really a way of us trying to protect ourselves. We're just all fucking dumb. And we're so used to being wired to be comfortable. And actually, fun fact, we're not wired to be happy. What you're saying is extremely true, though. Is it resonating? I, I hope so. Because yeah, it is. Okay. Self-sabotage. It is. Yeah. Like, yourself. Yeah, literally. And so here are some signs that you're in a cycle of self-sabotage. Resistance. An example, you're starting a new healthy relationship, but you start failing on all the plans to actually hang out. Um hitting your upper limit is when you start being happier than you thought was your max happiness. Your brain humbles you and makes you hide until you are comfy again. Perfectionism, focus on progress, not not perfection. Don't worry about getting, I know focus on, that's how I feel about this fucking podcast, bro. Yeah. <laughs> we, are. we we don't want to be perfect. We're just as each week we like are so good at like, yeah. like, wow, we did it. We finished it. We sound great and we're so positive about everything that it's literally like, as long as we know that we're being we're maintaining we don't progress bring in negative which is <laughs> no good. all right uh yeah so in the same term as perfectionism it says don't worry about getting the number one hit or best project out there literally just show up do one productive thing each day don't talk about it just fucking be about it like, well, in the in the workplace in your life, in your relationships, anything with that. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Don't talk Very about applicable. it. Be about it. Don't just talk about it. Be about it. Oh, okay. Back to the mountain is you. Don't worry, guys. We're getting towards the, the end of where my notes end. <laughs> Signs that you're in a cycle of self-sabotage after perfectionism comes pride. Pride gets in the way of your decision-making progress. Guilt. Mm-hmm guilt is common with success usually comes between not having enough and finally having enough so it's as much as you think once you reach this tier of making enough money you're still not going to be happy fear of failing fear of failing only comes up when we have something we really want and really want to keep failure is inevitable but it is so much worse to fail because fear made you never try in the first place than if we fail because we are attempting new feats more signs you are (laughs) self-sabotaging you're more aware of what you don't want than what you do want boom gotcha right in the brain i see it i see those gears turning for you nika (laughs) it's true though i know seriously when you spend more time worrying about what you hope doesn't happen than you do strategizing and planning for what you do want to happen that's Mm -hmm. a big sign of self-sabotage preach it right You spend more time trying to impress people that you don't like than you do with people who you love. You don't know basic facts about your life, like how much debt you have or how much people are in your similar field are getting paid for the same work. When you get in an argument, you run away instead of talking about it and coming up with a solution, aka you're in denial. 
you care more about convincing people you're okay than being okay, which ties into you care more about posting photos that make it look like you had a good time than actually being sure you have a good time. Okay, that is huge. I feel huge! Like, I feel like a lot of people like deal with that and can relate in relationships because no relationship is hard or no relationship is easy. No relationship is no hard. Relationship yeah, is hard. Right. <laughs> Every relationship is hard. Nothing's easy. And it as so many people post like I live this happy life you know with this guy or even with this friend or with your family whatever it is it's yeah but behind the camera it's like there is drama there's hurt there's heartbreak there's there's jealousy there's you know there's so much behind it that you have no idea what goes on right and you act like everything's okay and you live this like and it, it goes into what we've talked about before of like yeah, you see me, I'm laughing, I'm having fun. I have looks like I have so many friends and all this stuff. It's like, but I am the most depressed person you've ever met. Yes. And you would have no idea because I'm happy and you see all this stuff that I post, but behind the scenes, I'm laying in my bed right now and I'm having a meltdown crying because I hate myself. And it's like, (laughs) there's just so much behind that. Like you post this stuff, like I'm so happy I'm doing all these things and all this, but my anxiety, my depression gets the worst of me literally what what do the people call their instagram reels or highlight reel highlight and a high rise yeah it's so true uh yeah people don't, t- people don't talk about it enough no they don't <laughs> it is, it's true it's a thing that everybody goes through and, and social media just these days is just insane yeah with all that stuff because everyone no one's gonna post like you know stuff like that like oh i'm dealing with this and this and this and this right everyone wants to post happy things oh I look like I'm yeah so much fun I'm with my friends I'm with you know it's just, I'm not yeah. posting the in-betweens where I'm crying in the car on my way back from work to my house yeah. because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with my life exactly yeah. that part is not to be seen <laughs> yeah um okay I'm gonna barrel through the the middle to end of the book um and like I said before this is all just kind of like bullet points. And if you actually want to, if this resonates with you and you want to get more into it, just go ahead and read the book or listen to it on audiobook. It's really interesting. To get into how to end self-sabotage, you need to learn to disconnect action from feeling. That is huge. Like, that is huge. Because your action that goes forward after you're hurt does not match your feeling. Usually it's usually way more heightened. You so go you and you to... scream at someone and you say things like you, I deal with that. I'm quick to the react. Yeah. I'm quick to react. Quick to the punch. Yeah. And then you do that and you regret it. Cause you're yeah. like, it's not actually how I feel. I actually feel like I'm hurt, but I'm quick to yeah. react because I'm mad and I'm upset and I'm angry. Which is fair. Fair. Is. Your feelings are very valid. Um, so what this book recommends is that you need to overcome resistance. We won't feel happy initially when we try to make a change because like I said before we're wired to be comfortable not happy but we must learn to take action before we feel like doing the thing I heard this thing that was like you count to three and you go one two three and you make a decision interesting I think the example was is like oh you're laying in bed and you're so tired and all women can relate to this you have your makeup on your teeth aren't brushed you're laying there and you're like you're drinking wine you're like, I could just fall asleep right now and deal with it tomorrow. Or I could get up, wash my face, brush my teeth, get ready for bed, do my whole routine. 
Mm-hmm. At that point, it's like, I really don't want to do it, but it's like, you go, okay, I have to do it. So you're just like, one, two, three, just get up and do it. <laughs> really? Does it work? I've done it before. I'm like, <laughs> I don't, you literally though, it's like, I'm laying there and I'm like, I don't want to brush my teeth, but I'm like, I have wine teeth. Yeah. I have to, I'm like, fuck. And We're so all I'm just like, giant toddlers just now. Yeah. I'm like, We're just trying to, you know, like, mom's I'm, not going to make me brush my teeth. And no. So I'm like, not anymore. You know how in like yeah, preschool so every like, night I try to make myself I'm like fucking get up and go. <laughs> you know in preschool it's like one two three eyes on me. Yeah, one two three brush your teeth. One two three get the fuck up and brush your teeth. You gross bitch. bitch. <laughs> yeah. So when you're laying there and you're like so tired and had washed your face and it's like, do you? I always think of like the next morning. Are you gonna be oh. pissed that you woke up with a face full of makeup and not brushed teeth? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to be thankful that you did your routine and brushed your face, brushed your face, brushed your teeth and washed your face? If so. you brushed your face, you'll feel so much better in the morning. Dry brushing's a thing. Yeah. So that's my, that's my two cents. Love that. Thanks for that. Okay. Um, another way to end self-sabotage. Stop thinking that the fucking world revolves around you. You think about yourself too much. Other people's lives do not revolve around you. Neither do their thoughts. They're busy thinking about themselves the same way that you are. This is why it's silly as fuck to take someone cutting you off while driving as a personal attack. You know, when you get done driving and you're just like, this person just cut me off. They must be out to get me. Yeah, fucking right. Get over yourself. Yeah, like they already forgot about you. (laughs) Yeah, they already forgot about you. They think that you're an idiot, but they're not out to get you. Uh, A way of self-sabotage is staying in a city or a town you claim to hate <clears throat> ashland ashland you clearly love something about it stop fucking lying to yourself like stop fronting like you're not Literally. fooling anybody you're like oh i hate this town i feel like there's a bunch of people in ashland they're like can't wait to get the fuck out of this town then get the fuck out of that town you're in a spiral of self-sabotage stop doing this to yourself and Ashland's stop complaining about town. it to get out of (laughs) yeah quite literally you just haven't done it because you're scared yeah it's that ties into us being comfy you're actually comfortable in that town um however the resistance of taking pride in the town comes from fear of what others may think and people will judge us for not having progressed enough but the truth is you're just judging yourself boy you love the town boy get over it the town boy yeah Another thing, this part's really fucking crazy, which kind of ties into what we were talking about in the beginning of the episode where we were talking about sex trafficking and just like kind of having that gut feeling, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you know how we get these gut instincts that precedes logic, but our gut instinct is usually correct? Yeah, 100%. I always yeah. go with my gut. Always go with your gut. And it's because the lining of our gastrointestinal system functions as a second brain, and it stores a backlog of information that your conscious mind can't recall faster than your body can sense. However, which is really interesting. So when you have those gut gut feelings in the moment, trust it. However, your gut can only tell you things in the moment. If you have a quote gut instinct about something in the future, you're projecting. You can have a fear-based or memory response to that, you know, like that event that's happening in two weeks that you're really nervous for because you just have this gut instinct that 
your boyfriend's gonna flirt with his coworker that is also gonna be there. But no, that's you can't have a gut instinct for something in the future. You're just projecting. You're insecure about something and you're projecting it. So get that fucking term out of your mouth when you're talking about the future, okay? But it works when you're in the future, like in the current presence. I had a gut feeling my ex was cheating on me and that he was. <laughs> oh my God, I know. I knew it. I fucking knew it. <laughs> so trust yourself women trust trust yourself that's that goddamn gut of yours yeah yeah your gut is actually deeply connected to your mind there's a lot of scientific data that backs this up um and it's especially when it comes to happiness producing chemicals like serotonin and those kind of things it's quite interesting actually definitely recommend um learning about it a little bit and here's the thing about recovering from emotional trauma it's not in your head like I just said it's in your body it's in that gastrointestinal lining in your body trauma keeps you in a sustained emotional state of fight or flight after experiencing trauma your brain will rewire itself to temporarily seek out any potential threat your brain is trying to show you every imaginable way that the world can be out to get you and the way to treat that is exposure Exposure is a really effective way to treat fear and anxiety. So when you slowly introduce the stressor back into your life, like let's just say it's fear of heights. If you slowly start like looking down when you're going up the stairs um, and your brain is able to return to like a neutral state because you're involving a feeling of control intertwined with it. So let's just say your fear of heights came into effect when you were standing over a cliff and you were just like, I am so out of my element. Like, oh my fucking God, so I could just fall for no reason. And then you start getting an extreme fear of heights. So then when you go up a flight of stairs and you're holding onto a railing and you know that like the ground is securely beneath you, you just look down that little hole in between all of the levels in the, in the building. And you just see like, I'm really high up, but I'm in control. And so letting yourself sit with that fear for a few minutes or a few seconds, whatever you choose to do, that is the way to try to train your brain to get out of this cycle of fear and anxiety. I like that. Yeah. And so I'm really wrapping it up here. I promise. Um, We often feel fear in our stomachs. No. Do you like, do you notice that? Or you get like a pit in your stomach. Yes. And then you heal, you feel heartache in your chest, AKA a broken heart you feel stress and anxiety in your shoulders and you get done with like a really intense work day and you're just like, I need a fucking massage, you know, like yeah. that kind of oh. thing. Um, and you feel relationship problems in your neck. Okay. And so with like romantic <laughs> relationships, you probably feel a little bit in your stomach and your chest and in your neck. Like I'm sure it like all is kind of connected. So the way to kind of pinpoint these things and figure out where you're feeling a sense of uneasiness or a sense of like fear you need to use a breath scan to find where you're storing your tension. You breathe in and out slowly. And then when you're getting a little bit of resistance somewhere as you're breathing in and out, you're supposed to kind of sit with it and feel where that's pinpointed. So like, let's just say like right now, if I were to breathe in and breathe out, I feel like a resistance and like in between my shoulder blades, which is like what I would consider based on this, like stress and anxiety. And then what you're supposed to do is like, sit in there and just dive into that part of you and start exploring that like feeling and being like where is this coming from and your brain your brain will do the rest of the work if you just let yourself feel that uncomfortability for a minute wow that is deep that's amazing fuck yeah you just learned a fuck ton bitch (laughs) 
I'm like, gosh, I'm going to do that every night. Yeah, I know. This book is really interesting. It did not approach the topics that I wanted to learn about, but at the same time, I learned so much more. My shoulders are the tightest shoulders ever. Yeah, you got to do something about that stress anxiety. You need to quit your job first off. Um, We need to start selling merch on our pod so we can actually make a little bit of money. (laughs) 100%. Well, Speaking of which, our plan is to come out with t-shirts, crewnecks, and dun, 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 beer koozies. We love koozies. Let us yeah. know what you guys think we should do, some designs, whatever you guys think. Yeah. Beautiful listeners, give us some ideas. We're susceptible to requests, that's for damn sure. And our website, hit us up. Go for look at show. it. It looks amazing. Yeah, I will be posting it to our story and our Instagram the second this podcast drops on Thursday. Share us to your friends, you guys. Let everybody listen to us. Yeah. Have everybody we, follow us. We, we have been receiving support. a lot of feedback, being uh, people being like, man, Thursdays are when I feel like I just get to hang out with my pals Nicole and Annika again. <laughs> I love it because it's it's true. I yeah. have a friend that's literally like, I feel like I already know what's going on, but I, you didn't tell me that in person. You told me that on the <laughs> exactly we love that and you know it really does mean a lot to us when you guys like and share our things on instagram and stuff and just get us out there so thank you yeah well thank you guys coming and hanging out and we will be around next week see you soon